man, things just go from bad to worse, um, I think, at this point. What's up, everyone? Hunter Hodes here, back with another episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. For tonight's episode, we're going to dive into everything that went right and mostly everything that went wrong in the Penguins' 6-5 to five heartbreaking loss to the Boston Bruins in overtime. They get a point, but the losing streak has now reached five games. So we're going to dive into all of that game, look into some of the problems that have persisted throughout this losing streak, and especially from the previous couple of games on the road trip and how the Penguins, you know, they got to figure out a way to get this back going in the, in the uh, other direction against Buffalo on Wednesday. I'm going to preview that game on this episode as well. Just a whole lot to get to for this one. So hope you all join me right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And yeah, I think that is the best way to describe tonight's loss. And I will do it again for you all. That is, it's it's a yikes. Does the kids say? Dog water. Yikes in the chat. L plus ratio plus whatever these. People want to say, um, it's lost. You're up five two with 25 minutes left. You blow that lead. You're up five three with nine minutes left in the third. You're up five four with a buck thirty left, and you can't finish it off. And you get a power play in overtime, and <clears throat> that leads to some goals against. And I think it's only right that we start this episode with the goaltending because you know I think that's been the, honestly <clears throat> the big sticking out point for me. During this new streak, or one of the big sticking out points for me, the goaltending has just been atrocious. I mean, Casey DeSmith <clears throat> played fine, but Tristan Jari, these last three to four games, not on his game. He honestly could allow seven goals tonight, to be honest with you. I mean, he got bailed out by the Mike Sullivan challenge. And usually, usually this team, you know, not super good with um, goaltender interference challenges. I think last year they were below 500, but for this one, <clears throat> you know, they were able to win that. And you know, the Penguins that kept the game five two before the Bruins made it five to three just a few minutes later. But <clears throat> again, overall, it's it's not good enough for Tristan Jari. So twenty eight shots against tonight at five v five. This was at five v five. So three goals against at five v five. Expected goals against two point two nine. His save percentage eight ninety three. His actual goals against though three point six two. He got out three high danger goals against five seventy one save percentage. That is not good enough. And the, the sixth goal that he allowed the overtime winner, <clears throat> excuse me, to Lindholm, that was probably the worst of the night, to be honest with you. Guys. I mean, I, I don't know what in the heck Tristan was doing on that shot. You know, just put your glove up, man. I mean, that's, that's really all you had to do in that situation. That's a shot that comes <clears throat> 30, 35 feet out. I, I don't think he was screened. I mean, I've watched that replay about three, four times now. Looks like he had a clear, uh, clear line of sight of it. Just, for some reason, could not make the save there. you got to bail your team out in that situation. <clears throat> I know the team just screwed up and they didn't score in the power play and a couple of other on-man rushes, but when you need to make a save for your team, especially after you gave up five goals, 
you got to make a save there. And I'm not really going to blame the fifth one or the fourth one on him just because the fourth one, that's a really nice deflection by Zaka. The Bengals, there's nothing they could do there. They were dominating the third period up until that point, at least in my opinion. And you can look at the score effects as well. Fifth goal, that's just bad in zone D coverage for some reason. Brian Dumoulin is out there. I'm going to get to that in a little bit in just a second. But, you know, a couple of the other goals, just not in position. He's standing way further back in his crease. That was one of the biggest things I noticed tonight, honestly, guys, was he was not playing aggressive like he normally is. And when he's not doing that, you know, he looks rattled. He just he looks small in his net. And that is exactly what you saw for this game against the Ruben. Just did not have it at all. And, you know, it's hard for me to criticize him just because I was so high on him coming into this season. I said he was going to be a Vezina Trophy finalist. He was probably going to be top five in goal save above expected. Started off the season red hot, looking like he was going to get an extension. And then, you know, the last three or four games, He's just fallen off. He's not even close to being top 10 in goal state above expected for this uh, for this season. So <clears throat> it's something that he's going to have to fi- figure out pretty quick. Luckily, again, guys, it's November 1st. You know, teams, they go through rough patches like this all the time at the beginning of the season. Heck, you know, Colorado's not even off to a good start this year. I think Minnesota's off to a rough start. Washington's not playing well, but they're also pretty banged up. <clears throat> but goaltending, not good enough tonight. And I think that's been a little bit of a story over these last uh, four to five games, really, is that the Penguins, when they need a save from one of their goaltenders, they have not gotten one. Special teams, I thought they stung tonight too. PK, same old kind of issues. But, and, but the power play, especially in overtime, you have a four on three for full two minutes. You have three of the best players in the league out there. I know no Chris Letang obviously hurts, but you're telling me you really can't get a lot of sustained zone time for that, I mean, like the, the zone entries I thought were putrid. They got a couple of chances, but the puck movement wasn't that good. I mean, I know Jeff Peach, you have to have a defenseman on there. They're not going to go four forwards. I mean, he's not, Mike Sullivan's not going to galaxy brain himself there. But still, like usually when I watch other four on three power plays, you know, the puck movement looks crisp. You know, the, the other team is hardly getting the puck for the entirety of those two minutes. But the Bruins, they had the puck quite a bit. And, you know, it's something that, no, Todd Reardon really needs to fix. I think the power play looked good coming out of the gate this year. Since then, total dog crap. And um, I think going into that game against Vancouver, Seattle, um, ever since that hard start, they had like a 16 to 17% um, conversion conversion rate, which is a little bit below average. It's just not a good enough unit right now. And I think they need to take a long look in the mirror for that. But you know, those are my two main culprits of this game. Obviously, Brian Dumoulin being on the ice for that tying goal. I don't know what Mike Sullivan is seeing there. I really do not understand why he is playing high leverage minutes when you are trying to win a game. You are on a four-game losing streak. Why are you trying to ice it? Why, why are you icing a player that has been bad for this season? I understand the guy is a veteran. He has played well for you for the back-to-back cup teams. I get it. He was great. But you know what? The last two years, he stunk. I don't know how much more clear I got to be on this. He was washed last year. I I gave that a pass. I was like, you know what? Maybe he turns around this year. So far through 10 games, he looks bad. I I, I mean, and tonight, he was without his primary partner in Chris Letang. Even next to Letang. Just has not been good. 
And again, I just, I don't understand the logic there. You can go put out Jan Ruta if you want. Just, just honestly put out Pedersen Ruta there. Be done. Easy. Two guys who are good in front of the net. Dumoulin is not going to win those net battles. Yes, the Penguins need to be better with clearing the net front or just getting the puck out of the zone. In those situations, it was the same similar thing to what happened in Montreal, but you also got to protect your goalie and they were not doing that in that six on five, especially Dumoulin. He's not been good enough. And at this point, I really don't know what to do, what you do with him. It's obvious that the coaching staff doesn't see him as a problem yet. Mike Sullivan said after the game that, oh, I thought he competed hard. Yes, that came from Danny Shirey. He's currently getting ratioed from you know his tweets, but you know, that's not his fault. He's just relaying the news here, people. But again, it's obvious, and that's annoying, but it is obvious that the team does not give a crap about his performance right now, and they think he's chugging along fine. I don't know, man. If you're asking me, not good enough. Um, tonight, I mean, led with led with Corsi, 64%, expected goals, little over 50 scoring chances, fine. But, you know, the eye test, just woof, uh, to say the least. And last but not least, I'll say this. You're on a four-game losing streak. Hold the lead. You gotta, you gotta come out of there with that win. I understand the Bruins are really good. They're probably a lot better. They're probably better than I thought they would be this season. But that's just not good enough. It's unacceptable to lose that game. And now you're seeing a lot of reactions from people, and some people are right about this team. I think some people are a bit foolish. I mean, I keep hearing the same argument that, oh well, it's the same team coming back, and it's just like, I mean, yeah, no crap, it was the same team coming back. They got screwed on goaltending last year and they outplayed the Rangers for that entire series. Of course, they weren't going to make too many changes. They didn't need to make that many changes to this team. I keep seeing people blaming the core players for some reason. I'm sorry. Both Sidney Crosby and Beginning Malkin scored tonight and Chris Letang did not play. And yeah, he's been kind of mad to start the season, but I'm not going to really place the blame on them for the, like place the full blame on them for the five game losing streak. It is a team effort here, people. At the end of the day, that is what it is. Some of the depth players are also not stepping up. The defense hasn't been good enough, and the goaltending hasn't been good enough. And dare I say it, Mike Sullivan has also not been good enough as Penguins head coach. I don't usually criticize him that much because you all know how I feel about him, but he has not been playing some of his best matchups in high leverage situations like the Dumoulin situation. Heck, the fourth line was on the ice with three minutes to go, and they got hemmed in, which led to the David Pasternak chance. Why? Why, why is that line of Brock McGinn, Ryan Paling, and Josh Archibald seeing ice time with three minutes to go when the Penguins are up one? That is not the line I would be throwing out there. That is for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's like the main negatives from this game that I really wanted to touch on. Um, coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into um, just, you know, why there are too many passengers on this team right now, especially depth forward-wise. We're also going to get into at least I'll get I'll touch on some of the positives that, uh, from tonight, including honestly overall, you know, the process that the Penguins had because it really was a good process. But um, before we get to that, if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked On Penguins listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. 
Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report, which is a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology, exclusively sent from Simply Safe, to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors and detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Also, you can arm, disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That is simplysafe.com slash NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. All right. Also, another big issue from what I've been seeing these last few games, and I apologize for no episode of Monday for Halloween. But too many passengers, I think. Like, look at the bottom six right now. Even, even with Jason Zucker and Jake Ensel back, and I know Jeff Carter is out right now, and Teddy Bluger has not made his return yet, but I think his return is coming um, in the coming days. But and even Carter, honestly, has been a passenger for most of this year. But hey, guys, you know, big Jeff Carter scores goals sometimes and all that stuff. But, you know, you look at the underlying numbers, his defensive metrics are putrid. And honestly, he's just been falling off a cliff ever since he signed that deal. But again, hey, you know, he sometimes scores an occasional goal. Um, Brock McGinn has been invisible for this entire season. That contract is looking really bad right now. And, you know, everyone that's listened to this show for over a year, if you haven't, you you can go check out my episode with Brock. I think he's a really nice guy. It was great to have him on. I thought he was going to, you know, bring a lot of oomph to the team is going to be a great Brandon Tanner replacement so far. Just hasn't been the case. I just don't notice him whenever he is on the ice. And he's eating up precious cap space right now, 2.75 million to be exact, to basically just be a guy. That is what he is doing on the ice every single shift out there. He's just gliding. He had a couple of swing chances tonight that um, he usually buries that he just didn't. Defensively, he's been bad. Penalty kill, not good enough. And, you know, this is year two of year four of that contract. Uh, Josh Archibald, nice goal tonight. I will say that. Good job from him. It was a bounce back from him. Overall, though, when you look back at the previous four games, he's a player that was just putting them shorthanded almost every game. And it's like, you know, you're hurt. You're obviously hurting your team when you're doing that. And also, you're not really doing anything else outside of that. Again, I understand. Better game from him tonight. It's what I wanted to see. But overall, just hasn't done enough this year in the bottom six. Ryan Paling, some people kind of went after me just because I roasted him a little bit after the Vancouver or Seattle game. But still, I think at this point, you know, for a player that was basically a throw-in to the Petrie trade, I mean, that's what you're seeing right now. I, I really don't think he has... That much potential, he's maybe he'll prove me wrong. I, I'm just I'm not a big fan of him at this point. That's my opinion, though. Um, you know, nice to see you, Drew O'Connor, at least come in the lineup tonight. I think they'll obviously want more of him if he's gonna stay up. 
um, even Pascal Carter or Blue return or something like that. But again, like there's just there's too many passengers in the forward group. And heck, even Jeff Petrie, I think he hasn't been that good to start the season. And if his offense doesn't really come back, the Penguins could be really screwed with the rest of his contract. But you know, I said coming into the season, they need more from their bottom six, and they have not been getting it. Kasperi Captain, I thought he did have a solid start to the season, but you know, lately the third line continues to be a very big issue. If you go down and look at hockey stat cards for tonight, you no, know, Patterson Petrie struggled a little bit, but the entire third line, Heinen, O'Connor, Kapanen, three of the worst forwards on the ice. They were all in the negative score for how they played. I mean, especially for Kapanen, he's been invisible these last four to five games. Honestly, what has he done these last four to five, four to five games except just glide around as well? Heck, the game was one-to-one against Seattle with a minute and a half left. In the second period, the Penguins, you know, they had won a couple of challenges. The Kraken got the goal back. But, you know, Kapanen's coming up the ice. You want to see him use his speed to his advantage. But he just throws a blind pass into the middle of the ice. It's picked off. Seattle goes the other way. They make it two to one. That's your game. Um, And that's the Penguins don't score in the third period. And tonight, he didn't make that kind of an egregious turnover. But also, again, it's just, it's not good enough from him. Especially because they just gave him two years and 3.2 million per season. I mean, Danton Heinen, I don't really have too much to criticize about him because I think he's been really good to start this season. But, you know, overall, that third line of that, those three, you know, I, 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 that hasn't been good. I mean, it's only a one-game sample. But even when Carter is there, it hasn't been that good either. I think the bottom six is a major issue for this team right now. I definitely still think that they need – another C. I think Bluger is a fine fourth line center. I don't think he's going to be someone that ever goes up to a third line center, but they need another guy who can play at both ends of the rink, who also has a good goal scoring touch and also whose numbers are not just putrid. And you know, Carter at this point, again, played great in the first half of last season, signed his contract, looked bad after that so far this season before, even before he got hurt, not good enough either. So um, I hate using this term too. I just feel like there's a lot of dead weight on this team right now. And I'm not saying this, it's not like Craig Adams, Joe Vitale, Zach Sill, any of those players from the late ratio days, but still, you know, those players are better than those players, but they're still playing like dead weight. And that's not good enough when you are in a win now mode. So really wanted to touch on all of that. You know, it's great to see Jake Ensel have a great game. Sidney Crosby was flying everywhere. Evgeny Malkin thought he played well. <clears throat> to Ricard Raquel. He's, I think, been their best player this year. I have no problem saying that. If you guys want to disagree with me, you can. I think he's been the only player to show up in every single game this year. Um, I, I, What more can you say? Great, is great has a wonderful release. Great first pass. Defensively, he hasn't hurt them at all. Been a natural fit on Crosby's line. I've really enjoyed watching him play. So, um. I'll definitely not criticize him. Those players, again, thought they played pretty well. I thought Marcus Pedersen had a fine game. Jan Ruta, fine. But sooner or later, the team needs to start getting out some wins. I know they're four and five. How do I want to say this? I know, Jens, five-game losing streaks aren't fun. It's not fun for me to 
sit here like this and you know be sad for you all but you know i, I gotta call it out it is you know i i i do this for you guys and i try to be as objective as i can when it comes to this team honestly you know you take away some of the goaltending the penguins they control 58 of the shot attempts at 5v5 they controlled 50 percent of the scoring chances 65 of the high danger chances and 61 percent of the expected goals 95 percent of the time the team that controls all that wins that game and the penguins honestly people aren't going to want to hear this but they were playing a great third period before that pavel zaka goal they were shutting the Bruins down. They were back-checking hard. They weren't turtling. I, I saw that term thrown around tonight. I do not believe they were turtling. Even after that, the Bruins had a couple of chances. The Penguins had some really nice bounce-back shifts. They just didn't do enough in those final couple of minutes to, to just really keep the puck on their stick and find that final goal to secure the win. And the Penguins, they're going to have to learn how to defend leads in the third period. This is the second time already in 10 games that they have blown a lead in a six-on-five situation, 20% so far, has to change if they want to go anywhere this year. So that does it for this this um, episode, this segment of the podcast. Coming up in the final side, we're going to get into some listener takeaways and do a small preview for the next game against the Buffalo Sabres. So stick around for that. Coming up right after these messages. All right. Hello, I'm back on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LNSR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, um, a couple of other, uh, a couple of reactions here. Um, Nick says special teams are a mess. Dumo is cooked and Jari was really bad tonight. Yeah, I mean, the special teams just haven't been good enough to start the season. Jari again, making me look bad for sure. And yeah, yeah right now, Dumo definitely does. Um, look a little cooked. Um, Tom Petroni says at some point you need to wonder if the players have tuned out Mike Selvin. This is this is a team that's worse in all facets so far. Honestly, Tom, I don't think they've tuned out Sully. I think they're just having like they, they just kind of it sounds it's gonna sound so cliche and stupid, maybe. They need to figure out how to win again. And it sounds dumb, right? Like they started out the season four and and one, but when you've lost five in a row, you know, you make losing plays. Like when you've lost that many games in a row, you're not making winning plays. So they need to get back to that. Just get down to basics, you know, you know, quick passes, defending hard in front of the net, getting saves, all this stuff. Once, you know, I think they get really get down to basics. This team should be fine. We have seen this team be on another level this season. They didn't start out 4-0-1 for no reason. I truly do think this team is good. This is a 100-point team. They're just go, really going through it right now. And they've just lost the will to win, I think. I don't think it's anything to do with Mike Selvin. I think, you know, all the players play hard for him. But it's also something that, you know, they got to stop making losing plays. That, I think, is the difference at the end of the day. Um, Jackson Hollister said, you know, this team has so many good players and they just can't get it done. I know it's a good Bruins team, but come on, they blew a three-goal lead. We're watching two completely different teams from the first four games to now. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying, Jackson. Like, I know there's a good team in there. And I understand that they sometimes start the seasons a bit slow, but you know they, they just got to start making winning plays. Once that comes around, t- this team's going to go on a winning streak. I I truly think that. And yes, King Clarky, I know you're doing your Connor Bedard tweets just for, for the tank. That's always hilarious from you. Um, and, and and yeah, overreacting a bit. Yeah, I mean it, they they pissed away this game. Special teams, net front defense. Um, I, I wouldn't say they have no gas left in the tanks. I just think. You know, 
one team made winning plays, the other team continues to not make winning plays at this point. Um, Wesley, I, I disagree with you that the Penguins played bad in the third period. Um, up until the eight, the, the twelve minute mark, the Penguins were keeping the puck away from the Bruins. Like, I don't, I do legitimately do not even remember a scoring chance that they had in the first twelve minutes of that third period before that harmless wrist shot came in from the point and Zaka was able to tip it. And that's just awesome defense, by the way, from Jan Ruta. There is, there is absolutely nothing that Ruta can do there. He's playing that perfectly. It's just a really nice deflection. And yeah, you would like Charlie to make a save there, but I'm not really blaming them. So honestly, I think the third period was mostly fine. You know, they can't give up a goal in the six on five. Obviously they got to work on that. But other than that, I think it was an okay period. And I think performance wise, they play well enough to win. They just, they made too many um, dumb plays basically. Finally um, from, uh, if I can find this one here, uh, Alan to Yoder. Yeah, I know, Alan, I'm sorry you had to be in that game. I know, obviously, it was wild. And, yeah, the first power play unit, I'm, I'm honestly might just be at this point now where I agree with you, and it's just like they should start the second unit out there at times. it's They, they got to fix some things with that unit for sure. And, yeah, Sid was awesome tonight as well. So, again, I really appreciate all of you sending in all your reactions. Funny enough, um, if you all are looking for a new phone case, this one just came in today for me. Um, if you want to go to Red Zone Cases, um, they're custom made, has Sid and Gino on the back of it. It's pretty awesome, to say the least. Um, finally, real quick here before we wrap up, uh, next game for the Penguins against the Buffalo Sabres, a Sabres team that, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll say this, they, they've been pretty decent this year. Rasmus Dahlin is finally playing like a number one overall pick. You know, he's been lights out for them. Um, you know, the, the, you know, he has 12 points in nine games. Tage Thompson literally just came off a six point night the other night. And, you know, I, I think this is, I wouldn't say this is like a mirage at this point. They're six and three through their first nine games. I don't expect them to make the playoffs this year, but it is good to see that team finally playing. Well, this is definitely not a gimme game for the Penguins. I mean, there should be no gimme game for them right now. It's, it's going to be tough for them to win, especially on a back-to-back. I would expect Casey DeSmith to get the start. Um, Jeff Skinner, always a good player. Again, Darlene has been great. Obviously got Owen Power. Cage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, this is a team, you know, you can't take them lightly. You know, Alex Tuck, you know, he's had a good year. Peyton Krebs um, as well. So, you know, this is, they got to get a win here at some point. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to lose every game the rest of the way here, but um, they got they got to get back in the win column. They should have had it tonight. Obviously, they had other ideas, but, you know, I think that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one, by the way, and I'll have another one for you all after the game on Wednesday. I'll have a full recap episode for you all, and hopefully the Penguins will be able to come out with a win. So thank you all so much for listening. I will talk with you all on Wednesday.